You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions. But, uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur. But, uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. It's I, DJ Impactor, and with us, we have Matt Michaels and again, Rob Boss Comedy, Boss Larry with us. With us. And um, welcome, everybody, to Wrestling Talk. Sin City Steve. <laughs> I know. Sin City Steve not uh, with us tonight. Apparently, he found a last minute comp ticket, I guess, to We Were Young. So, uh, when, when, when we were young. Oh, when we were young, okay. There he you looks go. too old to be in that. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully he's having fun. Hey, I had my I had my fun last night. I went to see Nas and Wu Tang Clan. So that was my when we were young, I guess, concert, if you want to call that. Um, anyway, fellas. Uh it what's up. <laughs> no, I'm um, just saying that that's the, oh. the you put the when in when we were young. Oh. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Welcome, folks. It's Wrestling Talk, and we're going to get right to it. If you're joining us live, as always, throw your comments in the box. Uh, we're, uh, we're live here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. All right. So uh, let's get right into it. We're going to start off with uh, Too Sweet for the Week. All right, I'll start with you, Matt Michaels. Too sweet for the week for you. Uh, let's start off with uh, Shinsuke versus Ricochet, and mm. uh, that just just a wonderful match uh, that showcased uh, the fact that Ricochet uh, every once in a while uh, allows other guys to uh, look good. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice to see. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Bronson Reed and Gunther, uh, that, yeah, that was, was brutal, man. Yeah, it was. Great. <laughs> it was great. Um, you know, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, again, a guy like Gunther, um, Bronson's he's great, right? He he really is a solid wrestler. He he's someone who knows his shit. Um, but a lot of times he just kind of gets lost in this idea that he's just this big man, right. And I think working a guy with Gunther, uh, you know, Gunther really fucking can make a guy like him look like a monster and and play heel versus heel, by the way. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And, and it didn't it didn't affect the story. It, it was a literal just to yep. beat the shit out of each other. So that was great. to and see. Let me just quickly uh, jump yeah. in right quick on that. I also like to say I love those matches where you know how what the outcome is going to be. But right. the match is so presented well that you're starting to question yourself, like, well, is Bronson going to lose? You know, it's that right. type, you know, so and that was that type of match. So, yeah, just wanted to add that. Yeah, it's it's just it's good psychology within the framework of an actual wrestling match as opposed to a storyline. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's good to see, uh, you know, them uh, utilize that and, and make Bronson, you know, 
still look strong, even though he's going to pick up the loss. Right. Uh, LA Knight and Paul Heyman opening SmackDown was just gold, uh, you know, to the mm-hmm. best on the mic. Uh, pretty deadly brawling <laughs> brutes massage parlor, you know, I don't parlor, whatever the hell it was. Uh, the nails, nail salon, <laughs> nail salon. Yeah. Was getting their, yeah. Their yeah. post victory salon, uh, nails oh that was fucking great uh logan paul's promo uh and him wrestling ray uh for crown jewel uh looks to be great and uh flair versus eo was uh just just wonderful to see that was a good match uh and a lot of story at the end to kind of progress things so good stuff no doubt rob what caught your eyes this week all right, Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso on Monday Night Raw. By the way, Monday Night Raw just ran away with it. The I did not think they were going to lose. I thought they were going to hold on to those belts for a long time because mm. we haven't seen a return to just belts changing hands over and over and over again in rapid succession in years. So this was good. Mm-hmm. Um, we we then go on to the Shinsuke Nakamura fall, false count anywhere match. It was good. Um, I almost kind of felt that match was a bit rushed, but the spots were solid. Everything that happened in there was good. It really, it really highlighted once again for people who might not know Ricochet's abilities in the ring. I think, I think if they could just figure out a vehicle for him, figure out something to get him to, to uh, some sort of a gimmick, he'll be in there. He'll be all the way in there. But he's so if, damn talented. If he, if he could figure a way to get to the six uh, four and uh, two eighty, then I think he'd have a shot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he was he was really talented. Um, the Shayna Baszler match was uh, was pretty good because it opened the pathway to other other storylines. What WWE right now is doing is they're forking off into five different directions. They open up one match and then it branches off into other matches. Um, the Paul Heyman stuff was good. I liked Roman Reigns' interaction in the back with Jay Uso on SmackDown and Solo Sokoa because Jay Uso, you get the feeling like. He doesn't know that he's not in the bloodline. And they're, and they're kind of playing this angle. They, they, they always put the underpinnings of it where it's like, yeah, just do what I tell you to do. He doesn't have a bloodline shirt. He's just wearing red and black gen- generically. Paul Heyman's hair miraculously coming back to life. Uh, <laughs> that was brilliant. And it's so stupid, but it's a continuity from the week before that there's something magical about Roman Reigns. Um, I wanted to make another observation. The arenas they're choosing to go to. And I think they're doing this to piss on in AEW's cornflakes. They're showing these massive arenas. The arena that they were in on Friday night looked the same as the one when The Rock showed up. They're these multi-tiered 14, 15,000 seat arenas filled to the rafters, and they keep constantly panning around in circle after circle. It's true. It's true. And they're like, <laughs> by the way, 14,000 people. And you're like, oh, God. Sure, sure. AEW's like, we can only show you this half of the arena. Because <laughs> all this week, they were showing one half of the arena. I'm like, that's more of a what the fuck. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. WWE is just like, our dicks are gigantic here. We fill these arenas out. <laughs> right. And then it was, but I was, I liked Raw, though. Raw would just killed it. Yeah. Um, I noticed you guys uh, probably didn't name too much of uh anything to happen on aw i just kind of stopped it i mean i watched a little bit of dynamite i guess i, I could say and there was a uh, product it was what it's a diseased product oh 
Would yeah. you say it's the COVID of pro wrestling right now? Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to uh, stay quarantined for four days like me. <laughs> All right, let's find out uh, who needs the love. Where's the love? All right, I'll start with you, uh, Rob. Who's out there that uh, needs some love out there? They were cutting a program. Um, all the women on, on the Raw, and they were all in the locker room talking about who should get the crack at Becky Lynch's belt. I, I can't remember. There, there was wrestler she wrestled last week with the, mm -hmm. uh, not Tegan Knock. What? Yeah, it's, it's oh, uh, Tegan Knock. And in the background, you could see Nikki Cross biting her nails. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, Okay, one, why is she still doing the nutter butter, I'm a crazy lunatic gimmick in the corner? Why even put her on camera at all? Throw her on NXT, start her back up again. I've always, you know, thought of NXT as the minor leagues. Derek Jeter wasn't playing well. They throw him down to Columbus or some shit. They throw him down to New York Liberties in Long Island, AAA. Throw her down there and try to have her get into a feud with somebody, see what they can make of it. They're not doing anything with her. And she could either be somebody's sidekick she could be you could have put her up with piper niven and called it uh you know scotland's most wanted or you know scotland's finest do something um because they're just not using her at all uh it's kind of sad she was a champion she had to dress up like a superhero but she was a champion and she was good yeah no doubt uh let me ask you matt michaels uh where where's the love uh it's it's uh it's not nikki cross uh <laughs> uh you know this this uh this week i gotta say uh the love uh has to go to uh moose versus pco versus rhino versus steve macklin in the monsters ball uh you know the the concept that the four of them were locked away with no food no water and no light for 24 hours <laughs> is just a fucking brilliant you know right <laughs> And, and, you know, to 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 the adult fans, of course, it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Right. But to kids, I mean, that's that's a fucking that's a great setup. Right. Yeah. Um, you had uh, Macklin driving Moose into a trash can. Moose powerbombing PCO into a thumbtack cover cinder blocks on the outside. Uh, you had Moose hitting PCO with a back body drop over the top rope into a ladder uh bully ray pushing macklin off the top rope uh through a barbed wire table and pco won that match um you know uh it's it's interesting to see you know where pco is is going uh i don't know if he's uh, uh re-signed um uh, but his contract is coming up and uh you know does he get another shot at uh at the wwe which you know he would would like to see so it, it's uh for for a big uh, for a big guy who do a lot of crazy stunts it's amazing to how he doesn't get injured uh in the capacity of where we see other people who may do yeah. and by the way his age as well you know yeah. he's still going like he's a he young takes dude. bumps a lot and he and he does dives but he doesn't if you watch the way he does those impact rings are smaller i i, I didn't realize this until i tried to train in wrestling for the one horrible month 
And some of those rings are really small. Some of them are gigantic. So if the ring is small and it's not that mm-hmm. high off the ground, your your bumps or your or your dives, I should say, aren't going to be as impactful to the body. You're falling a, a shorter distance. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also doing dives where he's being caught and he's getting his impacts absorbed by the people he's landing on. So, I mean, if they had him do a bunch of dives and missed altogether, you know, or some, you know, Ben uh, Benoit dives or you just headbutting the canvas over and over again, I would understand it a bit better. I think they're, I think they're trying to take care of him in the ring and still yep. make it look impactful. I got you. Well, and, and don't forget too, the, the thing is, is that he's not taking back body drops over the top rope onto ladders every match. So, you know, that's the thing is when you save it for the pay-per-views, that's why it becomes fucking something to talk about and something that's, you know, noteworthy and memorable. Whereas if you go out and cut yourself on TV every fucking time you go out there, who cares? <laughs> yeah, true. Hey, Blades in the light wind, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's check out this week's WTF. All right, uh, WTF. Let's see if there is any this week. I will start off with you, Matt Michaels. Uh, yeah, I definitely got to say uh, in that Heyman can afford hair dye again. So that was a good what the fuck. <laughs> it made me like kind of triple take like, wait, did he, wait, he, his hair. Oh, what? The, so <laughs> someone, someone found the shoe polish that was hidden and uh, he got his, his hair back. Uh, speaking of hair, Brian Danielson's hair. What the fuck? That's all I got to say. Go look it up. <laughs> It's just like, really? Okay. All right. Uh, Chris Statlander squatting Lexi on her shoulders in the backstage interview uh, segment that Lexi was doing with Orange Cassidy uh, just made no fucking sense and was uh, uh, PCO is Darby Allen in about 30 years. (laughs) Oh, God. Except that PCO has talent. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, that, that was just ridiculous, um, as uh, as Chris Statlander is. Um, Kingston versus Jeff Jarrett in a street fight. Oh, good God. I, I just, you know, it's at some point, uh, Jeff Jarrett, just, just go away. Just go away. It's all right. You can take a front office job, man. Your dad is looking dad, good for his age. Hey. You know what? No, no big deal. If you're looking good for your age, that's fucking great. But if you bring no entertainment value and you have to have nine people out there with you to make the match kind of interesting, even even with with Eddie Kingston being someone you don't necessarily need to have that kind of, you know, what is that feud? Why? Why? Jeff Jarrett in a hardcore feud with Eddie Kingston for a match. And now it's going to be Jay lethal. It, it, yeah. yeah. Makes no sense to me. Uh, the, the listing on, uh, on rampage uh, that really just makes no sense to me. And this is why AEW confuses the fuck out of me. Rocky Romero takes on 
CMLL's Luchador Mystico in a two out of three falls match. Who fucking cares? Except for the fucking marks who knows what those words mean. That's the thing. <laughs> Where is any entertainment value in AEW? <laughs> Is is that Sincaro? Yes, that is Sincaro. And uh, it it was hyped by Meltzer that uh, when he was announced, uh, Houston sold like I don't know, like a hundred more tickets or whatever the fuck it was. He says a hundred <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this guy was a big fucking draw, according to Meltzer, in the area that he's known because it's you know his home fucking. Place. He filled out the seats by the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Tony Schiavone taking a fucking shoulder bump as Wardlow was walking out of the ring. Wardlow has to bump Schiavone because Wardlow's the bad guy. And that old man looked like an old fucking man who is uh, as well using the hair dye, uh, but uh, clearly was wearing Oakley glasses where it clearly set it on the side so that everyone knows he is hip, he is young, he is getting money from Oakley and uh, taking bumps that are fucking awful. Uh, just retire, dude. Retire. It's all right. Yeah, right. Take off Jared, take off jobs together. You can have lunches. Yeah, you know what I noticed? I'm going to go to you next, Rob. I was looking a little bit, and so Adam Copeland had an interview, of course. Fuck him. With Renee. And I, two things I noticed. Been said already. First thing is, why is the interview so long? Like, are people in the audience really watching this five to six minute just banter that means, that doesn't mean anything? Like, Get, get in and get out. We don't need five or six minutes or just, just talking. The second thing is, are they also sometimes running an audio track and then now learning to not run an audio track during those backstage interviews? Because I'm noticing you don't necessarily hear anybody, but then you auto automatically start to hear like a track was just turned on. Um, maybe next time you listen, just find out if I'm just tripping or not. I'm in a retentive. I didn't notice that. I I was just paying attention to the, this long interview where it sounds it like long. he was having a broke back mountain moment, reminiscing about him and Jay. I miss Jay. He used to hold me in my arms so tight. Oh, in his arms, yeah. and just we cuddled for hours, and then and now it's not the same. Yeah, you know, it was it was pretty much that. But, you know, the, that just, again, it goes to show the difference between the two companies and how they produce product. Because SmackDown has a sit-down interview with Kevin Owens, and it was, what, three minutes? Right. And it fucking hit the point. And but it wasn't always like that. This is something in the last year and a half with AEW where little by little they're, they're unraveling. They had a lot of momentum. They knew how to do it. They had banger matches. They would build up a lot of hype. They did the story with Jericho and Moxley, where Jericho tried to get Moxley to join the inner circle. That was some long storytelling where he gouges his eye out with the spike on his jet. There were things that they were doing that were really good, and then they just stopped, and they go for the shtick. And I don't like shtick. Like, Impact Wrestling can afford to do shtick. AEW can't. 
afford to do like five episodes of, you know, Adam Cole doing house chores. Like I got bored after the second one. So why are we, why are we always making peanut butter and he's having an orgasmic peanut butter moment. Oh, you didn't cut off the crust. Oh, and I I don't care anymore. Like, yeah, it's, it's funny when you have the when you the very first time it happens, like, oh, okay, that's really funny. That, but let's move on. But you're gonna continue that every, <laughs> every and week. Tony Storm, where are they leading to with her vignettes? Because she's not in the ring, and, and, and whatever she's doing is not manifesting into in-ring matches. Mm. She's crazy. Cool. I don't care about that other dude. I don't know who he is, and every time he introduces himself, he sh- he shoots through his name so fast you don't even hear who he is. I mean, I don't care, um, and, and well, that's the thing. But, but that's that's you're you're absolutely right. And and the thing is, is that they had her in the ring the first, I think, you know, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and it works because she she works the character in the ring. You know, she plays the fucking character in the ring. She comes in with the lingerie and the gloves, and she and she has all the old timey facial movements. Yeah, and she and she she does all the the right things that the character should do, but the problem is is that you're running silent movies again with her. I don't fucking understand. Basically, it's like how do we fill picture in picture? We'll put this in there, but it it just doesn't make any sense. But that was my point. Like years ago, and we could say years ago, then now Sammy Gravar would come up with the cue cards. And it was intriguing, and I liked it. And then they got to a point where, like, all right, we can't keep doing this. We've kind of played it out. Fine. Just run a commercial. That doesn't have to be a picture-in-picture all the time. If you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. Don't force content for the sake of it. Yeah, but but with her, too, though, that's the whole thing. It's like you're doing this silent thing because you're doing the whole Sunset Boulevard gimmick. But at the same time, the the thing about Sunset Boulevard that makes that movie work is that the movies that she did were in the past. She's living in the past. It wasn't but, she in an old folks' home? No, no, she was in her own her mansion. Oh, she was man. in her mansion. She was lonely, and you know, uh, William Holden, uh, you know, ends up. Uh, you know, kind of befriending her and it, you know, ends with, with him, uh, you know, getting shot by her and, and floating in the pool. But, but the idea is give me her talking, show me her fucking struggle in what's going on. Don't show me her f- fucking new movie. That's an old fucking silent film. That's, that's a great way to get kids. Yeah. Show them black and white. AEW presents another silent film. I mean, for God's sakes, you're on Turner. Why don't they fucking colorize it? There is an old joke for y'all. Oh wow. They they could have done that. They could have used the, the Turner or the Turner Classics logo. They really could have milked it. And you know what? If you do it once, like when they had MJF doing the song and dance with Jericho. Yeah. If you do it once in a while, it's special. If you force it in and shoehorn it in every week, it's bad. Yeah. Um, Rob, I got about maybe one more minute, but did you have anything else you had? You want uh, to Nick Wayne, Darby Allen. I don't care about this kid to begin with. Now he's missing a tooth. Uh, 
which means either he botched or Darby Allen botched or and now they, they built this kid up and now he's gonna have to get his teeth glued back together. So I I I don't care about this guy. If he should have been on dark and darker elevation, I don't care about his mom. Okay. Unless the mom is going, unless they want to take it to that next level and have the mom start banging Christian Cage. <laughs> Like dye her hair black and just really slut her out and, and and just if you're gonna go for the bad, just go all the way because I don't know why the kid loses a couple of matches and he's goth all of a sudden and he can't look into the camera and he can't talk. So I was really like this really crappy little you know teenage nineteen year old angst crap, and I, I don't like it. it. And the other thing I'm not liking is Ruby Soho. She's like, I want to be a champion. I've been here forever. Why am I not a champion? Okay, dude. <laughs> Yeah, what, what am I, why am I, why am I not a champion? They can't dye my hair anymore. It's falling out. Um, why am I not interesting? Why do I have no moves in the ring? I, I don't know. You suck. And Saray, it kind of sucks too. The two of them, the two of them look completely lost now. Um, I'm also not liking the the, the uh, goth uh, sky blue thing. They did that before. It's, she she looks ridiculous. She looks like some cholas did her eyeliner and now she's goth, but she still has like her bouncy music and her and her blue costume and her blue ring attire. I mean, and I'm like, eh. they did this already. You can't keep gothing people up. That's the AEW thing. Vince McMahon's thing was I want big guys to look like um, that Mel Gibson movie like Mad Max. And that was his thing. He kept hiring all these guys to make it look like Mad Max. And he kept giving everyone Mad Max costumes. AEW was like, we're going to make everything goth. And so they went with um, they went with uh, Black again, House of Black, and they just swept through everything. And I'm like, oh, the lights are off. I wonder what this could be. Oh, the lights are off again. I wonder what this could be. Oh, the lights are not off this time. Oh, everyone's they're dark and they're brooding. I, I don't care. I don't care. He's boring. Heels have to be either comically annoying or they have to be the biggest dicks ever. When they try to get dark and brooding heels, it always goes sideways. And also they've got the Gobernales. I can never get it right. Black Toru, uh, uh, to, uh, Torres Blanco. What the hell is it? Uh, Roosh. They yeah. got Roosh and his crew, but then they don't have the other guy. They don't have, you know, you know, Andrade. So how are you going to do Roosh without Andrade? Andrade is just a filler guy now, and he's amazing. And they keep putting him banger matches, and he's good in the ring. But it doesn't mean anything. None of these matches that they've been having on Collision, and especially right. on, um, on uh, I forgot the name of it, uh, on Friday night. Rampage. Ram oh, yeah, Rampage. Yeah. Going nowhere. Uh, okay, Miro. Going nowhere. We're going to have this long story just to get back to the fact that his wife's going to be in half naked going, Miro, crush. Okay, let's just get to the point. That's what we want. I just, oh, get if only point. she'd come back with the accent. I mean, that would be great. But no, we got to go with CJ fucking Perry. Well, I mean, look, the whole point of her was she was hot. And every once in a while when she says something in reference to Miro, she pulls out the accent. She's like from fucking Estonia or some shit. So she is... Russian, she could speak the language, obviously, uh, but she was raised in Florida most of her life. So just get right. to the point, That's... you know. WWE okay. would do the commercials with her for Dollar General, and she'd have no accent. <laughs> you know, right. so we, we get it. She That's still has too much spray tan wrong. That's also annoying. Let's see what we are looking out for. <laughs> All 
All right. I'm sure, uh, Rob, you may be looking out for uh, Crown Jewel or uh, maybe, maybe Halloween Havoc. I mean, that's uh, next week. What are you looking out for, man? What are you well, excited AEW doing a good episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to whatever they're going to do with Sting on AEW. I'm, I'm curious as to what this gift is going to be from Tony Khan. Um, but we already know he's going to retire, so they kind of buried the lead there. If something surprising was going to happen, you're not going to get a title match in a year and a half. So I don't know. But I, I'm interested to see what it could be mm -hmm. um, and if somebody interferes. Um, I'm looking forward to, and I can't believe I'm reneging in, in saying this, but looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with the bloodline. <laughs> Fucking A. It's always like, it's rub like, you back in, man. That's how they do it. You know what? You know what? Watching the bloodline is watching the bloodline is like jerking off the fat lady porn. It's like, ah, oh, god damn it. Why did I do this? <laughs> I know what the fuck it's going to be. They're just going to keep the same bullshit. They get the belts. They don't get the belts. They get the belt. Roman Reigns pissed. Roman Reigns is not pissed. Paul Heyman is just standing in the corner prostrating before Roman Reigns. He said, this isn't a spoiler. It's a pretty. Oh, my God. But you you keep getting sucked back in. That was, you know, so I, I want to see. What's in happen the again. end, even with the, the fucking fat chick porn, you still come. <laughs> not always. Sometimes I sometimes I'm like, no, no, not this time. Damn it. I got to call my shrink. Not this time. <laughs> Betterhelp.com. Why am I watching the bloodline again? And uh, uh, John Cena, uh, I am interested in him getting a title run of some sort. And I would like to see a heel turn on him. That would be interesting because there aren't many. There's only two belts he can go for. Is he the USA, the US belt or the Intercontinental? So he either goes after Gunther, which could be good. Or he heel turns and goes after, you know, the easy, the easy pickings in, you know, Rey Mysterio. By the so, way, um, I had no idea he hadn't won since 2018. It's amazing what you when you don't pay attention to that. I wouldn't have thought he was on a losing streak for um, five years. years. I mean, that's just well, crazy. Well, in all fairness, that's about seven matches, to be honest. That's you right. Know, he did that's true. That's, he's, he's putting that people over. That was the point. He was putting. No, that and that's over. right, and that's true. And then we understand. But I'm just saying in con in context when he says two thousand and two days, and you're like, damn. But yes, it, like, yeah, exactly. Putting people over only. He starts a porno, but he doesn't get to be the guy who finishes in the end. I mean, he's in the. You know, he's in the. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, let me go over to you, Matt. What are you um, excited to uh, be on the lookout for? So, you know, speaking of Cena, it looks like they're setting up Cena and Solo for uh, Crown Jewel, which, mm -hmm. again, that's exactly what Cena should be doing, right? Getting a guy like Solo up to that notch where he's heading. Uh, you're also looking probably at Jimmy and Jay at Crown Jewel, I would assume, um, the way they've been setting this up. Uh, and then LA Knight and Roman. So, yeah, your Crown Jewel right now, it seems like the bloodline stories are getting, you know, that focus which is which is something that you know it's a big show and yeah. why not progress those storylines there now uh chase you versus don and the don and stacks next week um for the uh the titles on nxt uh chase you won a battle royal that the last two teams standing that had a match yeah and uh it you know it's good to see uh them get a little love uh 
Lyra versus Becky at Halloween Havoc should be um, pretty uh, intense. Uh, Trick and Mellow, it looks like they are getting... Uh, man, who know, did that the trick, man? Who did that the trick? Yeah, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out, man. I know, man. I, I'm loving the setup. Is, set up. I'm loving the whole setup with that. That was so great. Well, yeah. my thing is, is that it'd be great if just Trick did it to himself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, right. he's, he's just playing this whole thing. But you know, we're gonna find out. It's gonna be someone, and it's probably Mellow. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to see Gigi uh, and Blair Davenport uh, in a lights out match uh, because yeah. Gigi, you know. Said it's gonna be lights out, bitch, and that was <laughs> like, yeah, all right, fuck yeah, sign me up. Uh, but the biggest thing is, uh, Revolution twenty twenty four cannot get here fast enough to see Sting retire. Please, <laughs> I already know what the surprise is. Tony is going to announce that that match is going to be Sting versus Ric Flair. Ah. Uh. Well, yeah. Okay. I, I'm. I'm almost. I. I would hate. I. I listen. It's probably not going to be. But, uh, it's funny because that is what seemingly makes sense. Ric Flair can't even go woo anymore. That's how old he is. But no kidding. But but Sting can even go woo because that was what he did too. Sting so. right now comes out into the ring dressed up like a mechanic. I don't get what that's all about. I don't know why he doesn't have the singlet and the and the outfit. Um, he used well, to wear that rocket he... t-shirt. I, I whatever. Uh, for Flair, he should have just. That was his last match. He should have been done. He was injured when he went to that match. Broke and, he, and he probably is. I mean, honestly, it's probably not going to be. But it would not shock me if that's the announcement. He takes his shirt off. He looks like wet laundry. <laughs> well, that's why Sting looks like a mechanic. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and that's true. But at least Sting is doing dives and shit. He's he's doing what he's phasing himself out appropriately. Um, would it would it be good to go against Ric Flair? No, I can imagine him going up against Darby Allen, maybe as a student teacher moment. You could do that. Yeah, wonderful. Or maybe, or maybe Mark Calloway. Well, there's nothing that, that match yeah. that they could put together, right? Mark Calloway. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. And yeah. say this time we'll just play the original Limp Bizkit song. It'll be just like keep walking, 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 walk. <laughs> you know, uh, it would be interesting if Sting did quote unquote retire and his contract, you know, comes up, and then all of a sudden he does fucking show up to take on the Undertaker in the WWE in Saudi Arabia for like three billion fucking dollars in, in twenty twenty five. Right, Crowd Joe right. presents, presents Botch Fest 2025. <laughs> hey, it couldn't be no worse than what uh, Goldberg did to uh, Taker. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's why I brought that up. All right. Let's get to the last segment of this one Best in Show. All right. Uh, I'll go with you, Matt Michaels. What was best in show this week for you? Uh, I have to say it was uh, SmackDown, NXT, and Raw as, oh. as you know, kind of the trifecta. 
mm -hmm. uh, you are starting to see the effects of the hands-offness of events. And yeah. that is what yeah. we're going to you know, start seeing more of. And it makes each show better. Now, is there stuff on there that you're not going to like? Sure. You know, yeah. but but the variety of stuff on there is what keeps the viewers, you know, watching. Right. That's the that's the the problem with AEW. So what? Great matches. Big fucking deal. Because there's not enough. If you have five great matches on a show, what are you talking about? What are you looking forward to? Right. You just That's saw the match. Yeah, it's done. You know. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that's that's the thing. You're starting to see this mix of storytelling, but you're also seeing good matches and matchups that you know. The whole complaint was, oh, it's the same guys wrestling the same guys. Right. We're now starting to see different guys wrestle different guys, and I think that the Ricochet, you know, Shinsuke match is an example of you know two guys who everyone said oh they're underutilized they're so good blah blah blah. put them together have them do a match like that and it makes sense within the story they've created yep that's good yeah absolutely rob what was your uh show this week well raw absolutely usually raw I get annoyed that it's three hours and you can't figure out what the hell you watched in three hours, but it hasn't been the case. That last show had all of the matches were well-timed. Uh, they were well-segmented. Uh, I, I, I wasn't watching like a three commercial break match for, you know, for a screw job ending, uh, which was the old Vince rule book, you know, playbook. Um, I, I, I really liked it. I like what they did with the women. I like how they what they're doing with uh, Rhea Ripley right now. That it's not a lock. That she's got her own personal problems that she has to deal with. Um, I, I I enjoyed everything that they did. I, I really enjoyed the the twist on that tag team match because you were thinking it was just going to be a squash match. Like, oh, these guys are going to get run out, and Roman Reigns is going to be beating the crap out. No, they fucking screwed Cody Rhodes and loved it. Loved the twist. It, it, it had me. It was a roller coaster and a good one. Uh, SmackDown, there's an energy to SmackDown, um, more so than ever. Before they used to tell you there's an before they used to be like, the energy is amazing here. No, it's not. The energy is amazing at the sold out. I see some black seats in the top. The energy now it is. Now it is. Yeah. The, the they really is. And I I I hope they do something good with John Cena, but John Cena is elevating the show, which is good and bad. It's good because it's good, but it's bad because if you take him out, it's like propping it up a little bit. So I hope that there's enough momentum with Cena that they can build up other guys enough that I'll want to be emotionally invested in some of these newer talents. Because they brought Cena back, great. He's doing a perfect job, perfect job. But what happens if Cena is not there a year from now? Will we get those same pops? But the, That's what I'm saying. But I, I'm liking it. But you got to keep one thing in mind. And regardless of what the pops are, okay, the big thing is, is that if those guys back there see that for themselves, if they start to learn from that energy that he brings, because face it, when he comes out, from the minute he steps out to the minute he fucking leaves back through the curtain, 
there, what you said, there's an energy, right? That's the thing. And if these young guys can realize how to do that, then you're talking, it's going I, I agree. to be. You're right. It's something that they will learn by being taught, and it's something they will uh, you know, grab through osmosis. However, right now, out of the new talent, you've got L.A. Knight bringing that much energy. And then Cody Rhodes, and then who? Because Roman Reigns still doesn't get huge cheers or pops. Roman Reigns is a, is a modern-day Triple H. He is a necessary evil to have. He is... <laughs> He's he's amazing in the ring, by the way. His match with Brian Danielson and Edge or Daniel Bryan and Edge, where he stacked the two on top of each other. That is what won me over. Like, this guy is the master in the ring, but he's boring. He's fucking boring. He'll never not be boring. He probably puts his wife to sleep while they bang, you know? Oh boy. It's he's boring. So so uh, I, I hope that somebody there, there's more LA nights in the mix. American Bam Bam, uh, hold the fucking phone, Michaels. Are you even remotely suggesting that we're tired of seeing Moxley bleed? How absurd! You know, I think right now that term pissing razor blades. I think Moxley actually can piss out razor blades. That's <laughs> how much he fucking cuts himself. You know, I think they make products for when you have those heavy flow moments. Oh, wasn't, wasn't that uh, a uh, Vince McMahon character that he created, Heavy Flow, from the uh, 1990s, somewhere about 94? <laughs> heavy Flow. You're going to be Heavy Flow. <laughs> All right, you guys. We got to get out of the show. We got to get to the uh, our, <laughs> our uh, three count. But we do ask that if you are watching this. You're going to tag team with Maxi Pad. <laughs> What's crazy? That actually sounds like something would say. I like doing well, it. You got it. You nailed it. So I'm not even going to tag in and do my own. I'm just, yeah. just going to leave it be. That's perfect. <laughs> but we perfect asked impersonation, you. sir. You did a very good job, and you were very smart, by the way, to put me in the Hall of Fame. Very smart, uh, Mr. McMahon. Remember when you shaved my head? Ah, pal. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> that would you, all right, yeah, you gotta go. Uh, the genetic jackhammer. You gotta go. The genetic jackhammer. You gotta have the grapefruits. <laughs> Before the mustache. All right, y'all. Check us out. We're about to jump <laughs> off of this and get into three count. We got three good topics. Make sure when we get off of this, you uh suppository. <laughs> Peace. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.